0: It's going to be so important going forward to have your leadership team in complete alignment. You can't have people going off the reservation right now, everybody needs to be
1: focused. That was Craig P. Anderson, a leadership and business coach in Indianapolis, and our guest today on Beyond COVID, an IBJ podcast that's about getting you to the other side of the coronavirus crisis. The podcast is brought to you by James Allen Insurance. I'm Leslie Weidenbenner. How long is your business plan? Does it fit on one page? Craig P. Anderson says too many companies create business plans that are dozens, if not hundreds, of pages long and are just too complicated to follow. As president of his previous company, Student Connections, and his work at Strata Education Network and J.P. Morgan Chase, Craig says he learned that a concise, straightforward business plan is the key to success, not just in normal times, but especially now, when the economy has been thrown for a loop. Through his company, Clear Path Coaching and Consulting, he leads business leaders through the process of creating a plan. And today, he's going to share with us how to do it. Here's our conversation. Craig, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Tell us about what you do and how long you've been working with leaders.
0: My company is Clear Path Coaching and Consulting. And I have been running that business for the last two years after successfully growing a business here in Indianapolis called Student Connections. I come out of the higher education finance space and have worked for big companies like Chase and Sally May and saw how leaders worked there. And then at Student Connections, kind of executed a lot of the leadership strategies that, you know, I talk, I'll be talking about today along with some others. And that helped us take that company from about a half a million revenue company to five million revenue in three years. And we were named a great place to work in Indianapolis you know, what we found there was two things is one, helping people develop helps you succeed. And two, that there's some key things you can do as a leader to help grow your business effectively. And so rather than kind of doing that just for one company, now I'm trying to do that um, more largely for a lot of different
1: companies. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to chat with you was because of this concept you're talking to your clients about with this idea of bending the curve. What do you mean by bend the curve?
0: Well, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about this in in more normal times, (laughs) what we're talking about is, okay, we have kind of where we think our revenue will be or where our expenses will be, and they're kind of on a trajectory either up or down based on, you know, what we're trying to achieve. And then we start moving into strategizing, all right, if we can get the number to here, what can we start to to do differently that might help us accelerate that curve in the direction that we want? We're kind of in a weird position right now, where a lot of companies had their forecasts for the year, and then we've had this, kind of this great big virus kind of come down and just push down everybody's revenue forecast for the year. So that's kind of thrown, off of thrown a lot of business plans completely out of control. So here we are now, and we really have to start thinking like that again, of how do we start to build different strategies that will help us start pushing that curve back in the direction we wanted? Maybe we can't get it all the way back to where we wanted to, but we can at least get it headed in the direction that we want. And so we start talking about, you know, brainstorming around, you know, different objectives. What were the objectives that we had? What do we need to do with those objectives? Where do we think we can get? And then we start applying these kind of brainstorming ideas to say, all right, what different strategies can we do? Do we need to get, you know, if we used to do all our business by going door to door, you know, and knocking on doors or doing it through networking, well, that's not going to work for a while. So what do we need to do? What are the right ways for us to do it? And we start brainstorming different ideas to kind of bend that curve in the direction that we want to go.
1: I think an important concept that you mentioned is that what you're trying to do is figure out where you can get to. It doesn't, It's not failure at this point not to get to where you originally planned, but to be realistic, I think about where it is you might be able to go.
0: Correct. Yeah. And I think that's really, you know, it's important if you have a pretty good handle on your numbers, kind of, you know, if you really had the math behind how you were going to get to the numbers you were going to get to, then you can start making some assumptions and start working on on figuring out what's possible now. And a lot of that's going to depend on where you are. You know, I'm certainly, you know, certainly some businesses are flourishing right now, you know, because they offer services that people need no matter what. Others have had to adapt, I mean, you know, if you just take a look at some of the local restaurant community and the things they've done to kind of adapt their service, right? So they're working, you know, they probably know they're not going to hit the big number that they were hoping to hit this year, but they're implementing different strategies that they can use to start bending that curve backwards, back upwards, so that they can, uh, they can, you know, survive to the next time. And then once we get through that, what will they have learned from this, that they may change their business models? on an even longer term basis after this. So to go back to your original question of how to figure out those those objectives, it's really sitting down, it's going through your numbers, going through your history, trying to find things that are close to that, and then just building in some new sets of assumptions and then tweak those as you go along, right? Because you're always getting new data that's gonna help you understand what what is possible.
1: So all of this uh, that we've discussed so far depends on having some kind of business plan. Right. Let's talk about that first if someone did not start out with a business plan, let's talk about how they can now kind of get on board with one.
0: Sure. So, you know, as I said, there were certain tools that I used back when I was growing my business that really helped me succeed. And it's a tool that I wanted to bring to a lot of businesses here in Indianapolis. So it's a, it's a product called the one page business plan and I, and I sell it here in Indianapolis, but the idea of it is to really kind of build one, a business plan for your entire business And then flow that through the whole organization so that everyone is aligned, especially now, you know, in these times, you can't really afford to have people kind of just having hobbies that they're working on in their, in their chain and their department or their division. Everybody needs to be really highly focused. And also you need a way to have a business plan that you can communicate clearly to your employees because you want your employees engaged. Employees are just as nervous as managers right now. And so you want to make sure you have a way to explain the business plan to them and when you make adjustments for it. So the one page really comes down to, one, we keep it simple. We keep your business plan on one page. Uh, It is exactly what we say it is. It's hard to
1: believe that you could get that much important information on one page.
0: It's kind of like Twitter, right? You got really good over time at being very good at being concise. And so it really helps you get concise about what you want to do. So when we build it, we focus on five areas. One is what's, what's the mission of your company? What is it that you're out trying to do? The vision, Where do you, what is this company going to look like in three years? How many employees are you going to have? How much revenue? Uh, and then we break down into objectives. No more than nine, sometimes even just five, that are really the key objectives from the leaders level that are going to mean success for that business. Then we move down into strategies. What are the key strategies? Who are our customers going to be? What's our market? How are we going to sell? How are we going to deliver customer service? And then the last piece is we sit down and say, all right, if these are the numbers we want to hit, and these are the strategies we're going to have, what do we need to build in the business to execute on those strategies? So everything kind of flows together. So everybody kind of sees how each piece in the business plan ties. And then we take that down to the next level of leaders and say, okay, now we're going to build that same thing for your department or your division, but all your objectives are going to tie into something up in the higher plan. So you really start to get kind of vertical integrity through the whole business. And that really helps keep your leadership team together. That's something I have recently been thinking a lot about and wrote about this week is just how do you, it's going to be so important going forward to have your leadership team in complete alignment. You can't have people going off the reservation right now. Everybody needs to be focused. So that's what the business plan helps people do.
1: Can you talk about that a little more about why that is important, more important now than ever?
0: I think it's more important now than ever, because one, you know, we've already seen some major changes in our business. And you know, there's always, you know, when times are good, and everybody's successful, some of your team having some pet projects that may or may not work out, and they take, you know, 20% of their time, and it's not really burning down the business. That's okay, we'll go ahead and and do those because something might come out of it. But now we have to kind of all roll our sleeves up and start moving forward in one direction. We really don't have time as business leaders to say, we can spend a little bit of time on that. No, we've got to lay out exactly where we're going to go and we all have to be on the same page to get there. And I think that is where this becomes a really important piece. And I think one of the things I used to tell my leadership team was, we will have lots of robust discussions in the leadership team meeting, but when we walk out this door, we're all on the same page. We're all aligned. And that's a critical piece is, you know, we may be 80% in agreement in here or 100% in agreement when we walk out the door. And that's how you also keep your team and lessen that nervousness that you've got in your team because when they're hearing the same messages from everybody, that helps keep everybody focused on moving the business forward. So that's a really key piece.
1: Talking more about the business plan, who should be involved in creating that one-page plan?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And how I really work with my clients is we start out with the leader of the business and we start out at, you know, at the top of the house and say, all right, what's, what's the business we're building here? You know, why are we doing it? You know, everything starts and ends with the leader at least as far as setting the plan for going forward. So we start out and they kind of lay out the vision for the business. They lay out those objectives, they lay out those strategies and the action plans and they put that all together. And usually what I do is I work with the leader over probably three sessions and we put that together with some homework for them in between And then we have a meeting where we unveil that plan to the leadership team. And, you know, there may be some adjustments because, you know, at the leader level you don't know every detail and there may be some things that need to be tweaked, but you don't sacrifice everything for a few tweaks. And then the next thing we do is we say, okay, now leaders, let's all go through this exact same exercise. And we do that over the course of a couple weeks of them putting their plans together. And then at the end, you know, unless we go to another level of leadership depending on the size of the organization, We'll have kind of a kickoff party where everybody pulls their plans together. Everybody starts to see how all the pieces interchange. And I think one of the most interesting comments that I think I got out of one of those sessions was a product or an operations person looking at the new product development people saying, I finally understand what it is you guys are trying to do. And you start to see those aha moments because now everybody starts to see the interdependencies of how, you know. well, if you're going to do that then, I need to be here then. And that really helps people kind of see the bigger picture instead of working in those stovepipes.
1: What do you think is the hardest part of that process? Where where do you end up spending the most time?
0: The hardest part of the process is really the brevity. It's really getting people to kind of put their world into no more than nine objectives and no more than nine strategies. And it's really getting that kind of laser-like focus on the things that are going to move the business forward. And that is really the hardest part because everybody kind of has, you know, you know, you see people who have, you know, objectives. There are like 35 objectives for the business. Well, how do you stay focused on 35 objectives for anything? It really helps because now not only are there nine, up to nine key objectives for the business, but everybody else's objectives are tying into that. But it's forcing that brevity that's really the hard part. And even the online platform we use limits you. It's like Twitter, right? There's only so many characters you can have. So of course, it forces everybody to be real creative.
1: Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This is IBJ's Beyond COVID podcast. As you
0: work your way through the pandemic crisis, would your business be ready if this happened again? James Allen Insurance offers comprehensive and customized pandemic coverage for business, including recovery of lost revenue. Learn more at
1: jamesalleninsurance.com. Now, back to our conversation with Craig P. Anderson, President and Chief Business Coach at Clear Path Coaching and Consulting. How often do you recommend that the leadership team go back to that one-page plan to review how things are going.
0: Yeah, so the danger in any business plan is, you know, you see a lot of companies spend October, November, part of December, and they put together this amazing 200-page document, and everybody feels great. And then they put that document up on a shelf, and nobody pulls that off the shelf again for the rest of the year. So as much as, you know, the product itself and going through the process of developing the one-page plan is important, Where it becomes successful is when you sit down and review it every month. So what I recommend to my clients is we have a monthly business review with that leadership team every month. They put the results in before we sit down at the meeting. Everybody has transparency into everybody's results before the meeting even starts. And then we can come in and we start looking at where they're at on their objectives, if they're trending in the right direction where they're at in their action plans that they're developing to the projects they're working on, you know, are they ahead of budget, behind budget, are they on time, behind time, and then they can really sit down and say, okay, if I'm going to be, I need some help here to get this project done, who can help me? So it's really important to make that a living, breathing document that runs the business. So it's important to meet monthly and review that thing every month.
1: It would be tempting at this point when everything has blown up, and just just kind of throw that document out the window. Why should either someone throw it out the window or why shouldn't they?
0: I would not recommend anybody throw it out the window. I have a, another colleague who's very big on kind of the idea that we should just blow everything up right now and he and I debate that a little bit. But I think what's important now is to take, you put a lot of work into it, let's really see what is salvageable out there. There were good ideas that went into that document and this hasn't changed everything about your business potentially. So let's go in and let's pull those pieces. And maybe we're not creating new objectives or we're not creating new strategies, but we're tweaking those things. So let's take those good ideas that we already have in the business plan. And then let's figure out, do we need to throw that one away? Or do we need to adjust it? And do we need to add new ones? So you don't want to just kind of throw the whole thing out because work went into it, but go in and find out the most important pieces of that document and keep those. And for something like, If I was taking one of my my clients through, you know, the mission hasn't changed of what we do, the clients that we serve and why we exist. You know, maybe the vision's been tweaked, but that's a three-year run, so let's see what we can do to adjust to that. But it may be over this one-year period of the objectives and the action plans that we say, let's go ahead and make some adjustments in this and tweak the things that we need to do to try and get as close to those original numbers as we can this year.
1: Now, as you're talking about that, are you talking about businesses that may have had some interruption? but you know, have some, you know, have something solid they can work with. What about, could, does that also apply to companies that are frankly just trying to survive? That are really Well,
0: struggling? I think, you know, there's, it's a lot more challenging if you're just trying to survive, but having a plan gets you at least to the point where you know where you're at. Because, you know, if you didn't have a business plan going into this, how do you really know how bad off you are? Uh, Or how not bad off you are, you know, I think it's it's really this this becomes kind of a level setting document and it's why it's important to have this kind of scorecard to say, where are we really at how far are we deviated from our numbers. So I still think there's value in doing the exercise, I might not take a month to do it with somebody in that position right we may just sit down and try and do that all in a day. uh, To try and get them laid out and start getting those those ideas flowing to try and see what we can do to salvage the business and move it forward. You know, but certainly it depends on the environment they're in and what the situation of the business is, right? So it's it's very situational.
1: How do you start that conversation when you when someone comes in and and they're really scared?
0: Well, I think you know in any conversation, you know, and especially in a time like this where um, everybody's really scared, it's the first place to go is let's kind of get to a fact-based discussion. Let's try and pull you know the emotion is all there and it's all very raw, but let's see what we can do to set that aside to say, all right, you know. Where are we really at? You know what, are, what are, you know, what kind of cash do we have on hand? What can we really do with our customers right now? Let's really get to the heart of our situation in a factual way. That, I think, is the first step, is to try and get some of that emotion out of it and really get into what, where we're at. And then we sit down and we say, okay, if this is where we're at, where do we, try to, where do we need to be? Where do we start taking the steps to move forward? And that's, I think, the, the best way to handle that situation. Is to try and just, you know, maybe get some of that emotion out of the way early and then take a breath and let's go in and start digging into the numbers as quickly as we can and figure out what it is we can do.
1: Can you give us some examples of ways that you've seen businesses make some changes or brainstorm some ideas to help them survive this situation better?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, and some of the clients we're still working on it with some of my clients and working on those ideas, but I think we've seen a lot, you know, we've seen a lot, you know, just through your podcast and we've seen a lot in the, in the dining community here. We've seen what, you know, SOMS has done with their completely switching their business model around. How many companies have worked to try and find new ways to get their, their content to their customers. So I think what we've seen is kind of necessity being the mother the, the mother of creation here and people are coming up with ideas they need to, to try and adjust the business model to get to the best place they can. Uh, so I, I don't have a lot of specifics for you here, but I do think people are trying to find creative ways. And you can see that people have gone in and said, all right, how do we, you know, it's, at the end of the day, what we do is we deliver this. How can we deliver that in a new and different way? And, you know, I've seen some stores saying, hey, we'll bring the product to you. You know, you can order it online, we'll bring it to you. You can order it, we'll do, cur-. you know, I saw people doing curbside pickup with when they didn't even know that you know, when you could still go into their stores because they wanted to meet their clients where they were. So I think that what we're seeing is people figuring out where do my clients need me to be? And then they're trying to find a way to get it
1: there for them. Do you have strategies that folks can use, that business leaders can use as they try to think through those other alternatives, things that maybe they just had not tried to think about before?
0: Yeah, I think what we'll, what we try and do is sit down and, and kind of first we go through and what the things they have done. And then starting to look at variations on those themes, right? So I think we try and dig through what what has done and maybe there's an idea they tried in the past that didn't work, but let's revisit that idea because there were reasons that didn't work before, but maybe now we need to look at a way to, is that our best way to move forward? A lot of it is kind of going through the strategies they have, figuring out if there's a different way to kind of execute on that strategy or find out if there's something they've done in the past that they kind of set aside that now actually makes a ton of sense for them to do. And then we try and you know adjust to those strategies. So it's really kind of digging in and figuring out where can we be creative on some of these things.
1: So we talked earlier about starting the, the one page plan with the top leader of a company and then moving down from there. As you're doing the brainstorming to try to figure out how to alter the plan, who should be involved in that conversation? Well,
0: I think where I would probably start in that with is to sit down with probably the leadership team at that point and let's get all our plans on the table and let's start to figure out where, we, you know, where do we start making the adjustments and kind of go around and figure out where are you at against these objectives and how bad off are we and where can we make up for that somewhere else in the organization. So I think at that meeting, it's really important because we've already got the mission and vision in place and that really is what drives the rest of the plan. So let's figure out how we can execute on our mission and vision by tweaking the rest of the details in there. And at that point, I'd probably want to have everybody at the table, but teed up in a way beforehand to say, okay, start thinking along these lines. And I'd probably pre-meet with everybody to get their juices flowing and get them thinking about that. So everybody kind of comes to the meeting, not with a defeatist attitude, right? That's more, let's start thinking through the art of the possible here and, and identify those things that we can do that are going to help us turn this ship around.
1: It also seems like in a lot of these cases, it's probably the people who are closer to the customers who may have the best or most innovative ideas about how to move forward rather yep. than necessarily the person at the top who may be somewhat divorced from what's going on.
0: Absolutely. And that gets into some other leadership coaching I do in general, that you know, some of the best ideas do come from your frontline staff. You know, a lot of times businesses think, well, we'll just kind of keep this close, they won't notice. Your call center staff, your delivery staff, they all know when it's not going well because they know. <laughs> and so a lot of times it's important to make sure that leaders are engaging at that level of the organization or at least encouraging those communication channels through the organization. So you know, getting, I don't know that we need to have a meeting of 50 people, including frontline people in a strategy session, but I definitely want to make sure that we've touched base with all those people and really got a good handle. You know, certainly the leader is not going to have a, a complete handle on everything going on on the front line. But it is important that there, as we go through the organization that we do have a sense of what's going on on the front line and that there's an open channel of communication up for those ideas to flow through. You know, I have, you know, my business, you know, we had about 70 employees and the way I did it was I ate lunch out with the rest of them every day. And, you know, that's how you start to get an understanding of what's going on in the organization and what's really can can be fixed and needs to be fixed. So I think making sure you get those voices pulled in to the leadership team before they have that meeting is important.
1: One of the things that we talked about in a previous podcast was the importance of having your employees at this time feel at least somewhat stable so that they can then go on and uh, come up with ideas and focus on executing your strategy. Do you find that leaders during these kinds of times during a crisis mode really need to spend some time with their employees and spend some time explaining to them what's going on so that they feel uh, maybe engaged in trying to come up with a solution?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, with the one-page plan, my clients, I encourage them to, for the leader's plan, to review that with the whole team in some sort of town hall, you know, every month. So everybody really, you know, maybe there's some details you can't get into, depending if you're public or private. But certainly make sure that everybody kind of knows where the business is. And then I think the other piece of that that's important is when you kind of line out what your mission is for the organization, make sure everybody in the organization understands what their role is in that mission. Whether you're a frontline call center person, whether you're the social media person or the executive admin, everybody has a role tied toward that mission. So I think one is, you know, you should always be kind of keeping your employees engaged on what's going on as the business as a whole. But especially now, you know, being in front of your employees, and I don't think you go up with a sense of false bravado and say, everything's great, everything's great. Everybody knows it's not great. So I think it's important to be transparent to say, you know, these are the challenges. These are what we're doing to try and stop those challenges and fix those challenges and, you know, stay with us on the ride. And I think that's what the important piece is. And being honest and transparent is what's going to keep those employees with you because you're really going to want the best employees with you. And that's how you kind of keep everybody together. And you don't want people running for the hills right now.
1: If you could give business leaders who are listening one or two pieces of advice for things to do today to try to set their company on the best path possible? What would you tell them?
0: I think what I would tell them in that case would be one, really sit down and know your numbers, know what's going on in your business so you know exactly where you stand and where your risks are in the business. The second thing I would encourage them to do is to get their leaders together as quickly as possible and they probably already have, but really set the tone that we're trying to be creative here. We're trying to come up with solutions that are gonna help us grow this business moving forward and nothing's off the table. We're gonna do what we need to do to kind of adjust and start bending that curve in the direction we want it to go.
1: So what have I not asked you about that you would like to talk about or that I should ask you about?
0: Well, I think, I'm not sure there's a question you haven't really asked me that you should touch on, but I think it's just really important to reiterate, You know, there's a lot of ideas of making business plans, these grand big documents, and there's certain things you do when you're in certain situations, but really for what you're doing to operate the business, it's really critical to get a straightforward business plan that focuses on the priorities of the business to really start driving things forward and get your whole team engaged and aligned towards a greater level of success. So that's probably the the biggest thing that I would want to make sure people leave with.
1: Craig, thank you so much for talking with us today. It's been really helpful.
0: Thank you so much. This was great. I appreciate it.
1: You can catch more from Craig and leadership coach Lou Quinta at qaleadership.com and on YouTube at the channel Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. Thanks for tuning in this week to IBJ's Beyond COVID podcast. You can find it at ibj.com every Tuesday or subscribe at Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Podbean. You can also check out the latest episode of the IBJ podcast hosted by Mason King. This week, Mason explores what the coronavirus shutdown has meant for the wedding industry and brides and grooms. Tune in at IBJ.com or anywhere you download podcasts. See you next week.